Separation. A terrible accident has unfolded while racing Theodora Pennybog at the edge of the Blue Collar District. In an effort to save those watching, Oakland stretched beyond his limits, burning off his wings in the process. As Frank rushes to his aid, Sam is hot in pursuit of the mysterious man from the speakeasy. What will happen to Oakland? Who is this man? Let's find out! Okay, I have an idea oh, no. on how to decide who will be, uh, who's seen I'm going to focus on first. I want to be even numbers. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing. You're even numbers, and you're odd numbers, okay? Poggers. I got three. We're doing Oakland. Your senses come back to you slowly. At first, it's touch. You feel something stiff, yet soft underneath you and you feel something cool touch your lips and you take a sip and you as you realize that someone is giving you water the next thing that you're able to get back is your hearing as you hear an elderly male voice say wake up slowly it's okay and slowly your eyes start to flicker open and you are in a church it's not your church it's not your church it's what well, it's an actual functioning church the walls have stained black with years of candles but it's clear that the place is still in use there are long pews similar to your own but these are new and dusted and there are bibles on the shelves at, behind the pews ready for sunday's sermon and the podium at the other side has been cleaned and has a fresh red drape over it and there are stained glass windows that still shine with their full glory although it is night so most of the light is reflected inside you're at the side in this little alcove that seems to have been repurposed into a minor kitchenette you can see that there is a sink and an oven and there's sort of like a half wall like you can, there's a swinging door that you can push open and enter the main part of the Gothic cathedral. This looks a bit more like a modern edition. So you're able to see out into the cathedral itself. You are laying on your side when you wake up. You don't see anyone as your eyes flicker open, though there is a little stand beside you that has a cup of water. What do you do? I am going to look around. I want to see if I can find anything or the person that was there. As you begin to set up, you hear someone softly humming. You recognize the tone from 
your years in the church. It's an old worship song. You can see at a table near the back of this little alcove is a old man. He seems to be a priest or a bishop of some kind. He has um he has the little white and black collar of a priest of the Catholic Church. Though he is he's not dressed up like he would be about to deliver a sermon. He's dressed more casually in that sort of uh, black outfit that you traditionally see Catholic priests wear on their day-to-day life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can see him dusting off a wall of photos that looks to be a bunch of parishioners at the church. Various photos with him during weddings or baptisms or uh, regular church services. It's it's a nice little wall of photos that he's collected. And sitting in a chair near the back, fiddling with a tiny version of Mississippi, is Frank. Do you say, he hasn't noticed you yet. Do you say anything? As I sit up, I run a hand through my hair and make sure that I I'm going to be able to keep my balance when I get up. As I stand up, I head over to Frank. You put your feet on the ground and you stand up. Now, I imagine usually you've had your wings for a a good while now, right? Like, give me a rough ball estimate of how many years you've had the wings. Um, I'd say I first discovered them around 13, 14. Okay, so you've had them for your entire adult life. Yes. Okay, so I imagine you've gotten used to them acting as a bit of a a counterweight to when you move. Usually you're able to do a lot more drastic movements because you have that to balance you out. But when you stand up, you go flailing forward and go belly first onto the floor. Frank immediately looks up. Oakland! Oakland! He jumps up out of the chair, almost knocking it over, putting Mississippi in his pocket, and he heads over to you. The elderly priest sets down his feather duster and goes to you as well. I would highly suggest you not try to stand yet. He uh, gently grabs you and helps lift you back onto the bed. Frank tries his best to help as well. Where am I? Once you're sitting, Frank is immediately in your face i am so glad that you are okay i was i okay i'll be honest i didn't really know what to do you i i followed there was this big light coming over from the the racetrack so i went over there and you were unconscious i didn't really know what to do i didn't think i could bring you back to the hole in the wall because i thought they would beat me up because i thought they would they thought they thought that i would have done something to you because you know they're the mafia so i thought i could i would bring you here because uh uh, Francis has always been really nice to me when I've had to stay here in the past, so... I take Frank by the shoulders and I softly shush him. Hold on now, slow down. You put your hands on your shoulders and the elderly priest also puts a hand on his shoulder. Frank, how about you sit down, alright? Frank nods, uh, his hands gripping into his shirt and tight fists, and he pulls his chair close to the bed. The father also 
grabs a chair and pulls it to the bed as well to sit beside you. He smiles at you and he says, I get a lot of lost souls here, but rarely ones in your condition. I do hope you're all right now. I wasn't exactly sure how to treat you. I gave him a confused sort of look. What do you mean treat me? I'm all right. Just passed out. I'm okay. Frank pipes up. Um, Oakland, there, there was a reason that I, uh, you know, panicked and I thought that, you know, the mafia would think I, I, I hurt you. It did something. Uh, he juts a finger to his back, pointing. You look over your shoulder and we meet your new nemesis, Burnt Wings. Your once glorious black wings have been reduced to a charred and burnt stump. You didn't you don't realize how you didn't initially feel it. It sort of looks like an amputation in a sense when someone has their arm amputated, but this is your wing. The skin is black as it always was, but there are the scarred remains of burns there, and only a few tufts of down feathers remaining. What do you do? I stay silent in shock. I don't exactly know what to say. The, the elderly priest puts a hand on your leg. I may not know you, but I can tell this is traumatic. My name is Francis Page. I'm the bishop of this cathedral. I'm Oakland Jackson. Um, what happened? Well, from what Mr. Delaney told me, he came back to the racetrack to find you in a glowing beam of light. I'm not entirely sure of the details, considering Mr. Delaney does not know those details either. The priest, who you now know is uh, Francis, turns over to Frank. Congratulations on finding out. Thanks. <laughs> he kind of just uh, gives a thumbs up, maybe. He looks a little upset, to say the least. No, Frank just like totally just like flipped this guy off. Just like, no, you don't <laughs> <break up>. thanks. <laughs> I'm going to give a small nod in understanding before I turn back to Frank. Frank, where's Sam? Uh, okay. Well, while you were racing, I'm not entirely sure who we were chasing, but Sam ran after this guy, and I went along with him. And I only came back when he saw that really big burst of light what happened you try to find the words but the words die on your lips are you all right you you look lost francis slash bishop page which is what i probably should be calling him that's his proper title uh bishop page rubs frank's shoulder in a comforting motion and says Luckily, I have a bit of experience with the lost. He crouches down a bit so that he's at Frank's 
level, I know trusting someone new can be scary. And it seems that this man, uh, Mr. Jackson, I believe he called you, it seems that he now means something to you, and I'm sorry that you almost lost him. But it's okay now. You're safe. Frank visibly relaxes when he talks to him. Thanks, Bishop. I... Yeah. Uh, the Bishop picks his feather duster back up and he takes one photo off of the wall to give it a nice clean dusting. Please know, Mr. Jackson, you and Mr. Delaney are welcome to stay here as long as you need to. The doors of the Riverside Cathedral are always open. As you look at the photo that Bishop Page is dusting, you catch a glimpse of the person in the photo. It is a woman, seemingly of some sort of mixed descent. She uh, looks kind of Middle Eastern. And she, in the photo, she is marrying a man and... Uh, the father is between the two man um i don't know if you recognize the man but you recognize the woman because you've seen her photo before at the hole in the wall it's sam's mother balam abadan kali can i see that real quick oh oh yes all right he, uh, bishop page hands you the photo and you're able to get a better look. The couple in the photo, like I said, you recognize the woman because you've seen her photo in some of Sam's belongings. The man that Balam is marrying has black hair and is wearing a nice suit. I don't know if you recognize him, but he has features that do remind you of Sam in a few ways. I'm going to flip the picture over and see if I can find a date. It seems that the date of the wedding is around 30 years ago in like the 1890s, which would be approximately how old Sam is. I don't think you know their exact age. Do you mind if I take this? He seems a bit confused. Whatever for? I think this might be the parents of a friend of mine. I think he'd appreciate having it. Recognition spreads over the bishop's face. Young Jefferson, you're friends with them, I see. Uh, Frank pipes up. Wait, Sam? You know Sam? Uh, Bishop Page chuckles. <laughs> Indeed I do. I played a rather important role in the start of Jefferson's life story. Tell me, Mr. Jackson, how do you know them? We work together. I see, so you've probably heard the story before. Frank's like, what story? Sam doesn't actually tell me a lot, so I am quite curious. He seems to think for a moment about whether or not he should tell you. Well... Considering that you both are clearly inclined to 
the odd side of this city. I don't suppose it would do any harm to tell the story. Frank uh, scoots his chair closer to him, kind of ready to tell, ready to hear what he has to say. The bishop takes a seat by your bed again, Oakland. Uh, by the way, um, I think he... I think you're in different clothes than you were wearing originally. You're in like a cleaner, a cleaner uh, shirt with a pair of holes that have kind of been sloppily cut to fit your wings. Because I imagine most of your outfits have been like you've stitched holes for them. Uh, anyway, the bishop begins. You see, Jefferson's mother was a parishioner of mine back in the day. She was a lovely woman. She would stay behind and help me organize the church after sermons sometimes. I'll admit, when she met her husband, Moloch, I was a little concerned. He didn't seem to be entirely trustworthy. However, he made her happy, and as such, I was willing to officiate their wedding. I was more than excited to hear when Balaam got pregnant, though I will admit, hearing that they had yet to touch their wedding bed was a little suspicious to me. So I made sure to attend the birth. Now, you should know how your friend was put into this world. It's not entirely strange. I did some research after the fact, and it seems that there have been a few cases of this throughout history, although panic did arise afterwards. You see, Samuel was born with horns and a tail. Frank interrupts. He had horns? He is a demon! I don't know if that should be interesting or creepy. Well, uh, this is the bishop again. The bishop chuckles. Well, it certainly terrified the midwife. Balaam, unfortunately, passed during the birth. And although Moloch was never a parishioner of mine, he asked me to baptize the child. I've always had a knack, you could say, for finding the strange in the city and keeping it below the surface. So, as I baptized the child, his horns and tail slowly faded away. The bishop gently takes the photo from your hands and looks at the wedding again. I haven't heard from the Jeffersons since. I'm truly glad to know that they're doing well. Hard cut to Sam racing through the streets, largely out of breath as you are chasing this dude. At this point, you've cut through the edge of the blue-collar residential district, and you're now sort of in the industrial zone as businesses and factories start to replace the, the homes. You're pretty close to the river as well. Um, there is sort of an empty non-constructed patch of grass that you guys get towards and as the mystery man reaches the center of this little field he skids to a stop listen 
I just want to talk. Yeah, I didn't think I could get out of breath anymore. He, the man turns around. He seems to be, can't remember if I've described him yet or not, but as you approach him, you can see him in a bit more detail. He is, I think, a few years younger than you, you would assume, with his, with a hair of thick, dirty blonde hair. He has a, um, he has a jacket that has a racer's cap tucked into it and the cap's almost fallen out. And his eyes are this very light gray color. I took me a minute, but I did eventually recognize you. I would have thought to lead you here via the ambulance, but I suppose this was as good as anything. He waves a hand behind him. Uh, by the riverfront, you can see a neighborhood that kind of blurs the lines between the blue color and the industrial zone. It looks to be mostly tenement buildings, and they seem to be fairly abandoned. The walls are covered in grime, and some of the windows are broken. The place looks like no one's touched it in years. I just stand there and stare blankly at him. He stares blankly back. There is very little emotion on his face. No thoughts. Head empty. (laughs) Yeah. I say that out loud to him. (laughs) Oh, okay. Still with that blank stare, the man says, um, rumors gotten around that you've been asking about us. I wanted to reach you before anyone else did. I don't have long. He glances over his shoulder at the abandoned neighborhood behind him. I want you to know a few things. My name is Barry DeWitt. You're the dead guy. Oh, well, that would make sense. I used to race at that track. It's true. You know, this is my final request. Please. (laughs) Suddenly, there is this very loud crack in the air as Barry goes limp and collapses to the ground. As he falls, he doesn't even fall as a body. He, He transforms into a gray fog as he falls so that when his torso should have hit the ground, there's just a rolling pile of fog and mist at your feet. And at the sound of the crack, you get this sudden pain in your head. This, like someone just socked you in the brain. And it's tough to explain it, but it's like it's like you're, there is a thread in your brain and someone plucked it. As though that brain, that thread was time and you get this gut instinct that what just happened was not supposed to happen in the natural flow of time. You can see a man in a casual suit standing at the edge of the buildings. He's 
rather far away, but he, he, um, you can see something in his hand that kind of looks like a gun. And from a distance, you can see him wave at you and then enter one of the abandoned buildings. So what just happened is a very important moment that I need to describe because it's technically a custom move. Why would you do that to me, Emmy? That is such a movie thing to do. Okay. It's called The Architect of Fate. Someone is orchestrating events in the city within the lowering position. As an intrusion, I can make one or more hard moves to reflect the architect's intervention. The, ar- the architect takes impending botch one. I turn to the man and begin to follow him because I'm done. As you start to follow him, the camera like shifts through the ground so that when it shifts out, it's shifting through the ceiling of the cathedral and back into the alcove with Oakland and Bishop Page and Frank. As Bishop Page finishes his story, he goes back to the wall of photos and puts the photo of the Jefferson wedding back on the wall. I thought he was going to keep the photo. Oh, right. I forgot. I think that's gonna, I think that's a no on taking the photo. Then. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The bishop begins to walk across the room saying, I need to attend to something for a moment. Like I said, you're welcome to stay here as long as you need to. Take all the time you need. Uh, He opens the little half door leading out into the older part of the cathedral. I'm always open for advice. And he walks out of sight. What else, what do you want to do now, uh, Oakland? I just feel lost. Um, I'm not sure exactly what to do. I feel confused. should probably report back to your boss. This isn't about you, Cameron. Just saying. As you are thinking, you hear the main doors of the cathedral open up um i should have said you've been lying on a like a cot thing this whole time that's been propped against the wall and you can see a rather tired looking woman enter the cathedral frank stands up and looks through the little cabinets that this kitchenette has i'm still not sure what happened to you but i imagine you're hungry right i can do you want something to eat? There's probably something here. He usually buys, like, some sort of packaged foods. It's Oakland. He's always hungry. Oakland hasn't really ate that much. Yeah, neither of us have. No, you like we don't it. eat. You had, you had a buffet scene, though. Oh, yeah, we True. did, we did, we did. It's, so you do eat. It makes sense that a buffet scene was our first downtime. <laughs> yeah, this. I give Frank a small smile and nod. Yeah, sure. Told you. Always hungry. Frank ends up finding, like, a can of soup in the cupboard. It's it's gonna be cold soup, but, like, he gets a knife and, like, pries open the can. And, 
and he finds like a couple little bowls to pour the soup in. It's like it is like cold uh, chicken soup, I think. It's like this is the best I've got. Look at all those chickens. <laughs> He hands you the bowl of chicken noodle soup. Uh, oh wait, you need a spoon. I'm gonna get you a spoon. And he goes to search for utensils. Um, as he does so, you hear mumbling from uh, further inside the church. Can't really make out what the voice is or what it's saying, but it's it must be oh, rather loud for it to pick up from where you are. What color is he wearing? Frank. Uh, I imagine. I don't know what. Just like off the top of your head. Just like what Brown. color. Okay. You said off the top of my head. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure it wasn't red. Okay. You can, you can pick up a faint mumbling as Frank comes back with the spoons. And he talks to you, like, between bites. I imagine we'll have to go and find Sam in a bit. Are you in any pain? It looks painful. I give a small chuckle and I shake my head. No, I'm alright. It's just... Weird? Yeah. Insert slurping sounds. (laughs) Weird, yeah. You can hear the murmuring pick up a little bit so that it's very clear that someone's like shouting something. You still can't really tell what it is. Frank seems uh, unbothered. I'm going to see if I can overhear the conversation. Uh, Okay, roll to investigate. Could I use my forever searching tag? Yes. Yay, because it is a woman. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Roll to die. Four plus one, five. Okay, that's a five. Look at that, you fail. At least my parents aren't dead. What? <laughs> You're, wait, so your parents aren't they? Wait, oh. I don't know. Are they? I don't know. You haven't told me about your parents. What do you think happens instead of finding out what they're saying? I'm going to let you decide this. I assume I just hear mumbling and I can't tell if they're arguing. Or if they're just talking loudly. Nice, you're smart. You didn't do something. You didn't hurt yourself. Um, Did you want me to? No, no! <laughs> that sounds so You bad. suddenly taste almonds. Oh, Cyanide. That familiar taste. I hate almonds. Frank finishes up his soup and says, if you, uh, if you think you're good, I think I'm going to go say bye to um, Bishop Page, he uh, puts the bowl on the table and heads out of the little alcove. Do you follow him or do you stay there? I'm going to practice walking. Um, describe it to me. Um, before I stand up, first I see if I can still move the little steps on my back. There's a little bit of movement, but not too much. I give a sigh and stand up, trying to find my center of balance again. I think it takes a moment, but now that you know your wings are gone, it's easier. You're kind of sore, and you have the mother of all back aches, but 
You can walk. I take a deep breath before I leave the room. Hey, you just lost like 50 pounds. <laughs> okay. That does make me wonder, though. How much do I weigh? Just how much did I weigh? Imagine I a version of Weight Watchers where they just like cut off. <laughs> Fun fact. A pair of human legs weigh approximately 50 pounds. Anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> ones with thick thighs. So you... Sorry. It's okay. So you step uh, out into like the main part of the church? Yes. Okay. Um, I think it reminds you of yours in a few ways and that it's like a similar gothic architecture. And I think there is a stained glass window of your church's like patron saint, even though it's not the same... St- like art as yours obviously but it's the same uh figure that we still have not identified um there is a there is a little uh door that frank has that frank is walking towards it's like an old kind of scratchy wooden door and there is you notice there was a tiny bit of gray mist flowing out of the bottom. What do you do? Um, I'm going to walk towards the door and gently trace over my hand. Uh, it's a normal door. It feels normal to you. It's just a little bit of gray mist coming out the bottom. If you want to know more, you can investigate. I would like to investigate, please. All right. I will say always searching. Well, I think anything in a church, if you're in a church and you're investigating something, I think always searching will count just because it feels right. So forever searching. Just Uh, open the door. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's the easiest and most simple answer. And Emmy has a door trapped just for you. Forever searching. Okay, that just that one? Yeah, just a plus one. Go ahead and roll. Hey. Hey. All righty. So you get to ask me one question about the door. What's behind it? Uh, like, are you opening the door? Or are you like listening through the door? Or are you trying to sense it magically? Like, what's going on? Um, I'm kind of leaning against the door, trying to see if I can hear or feel anything off. Um, I'm you... trying to find the vibration of the door. <laughs> vibration. Okay. You can hear the voice of Bishop Page behind the door, and he says in a soft voice, though he is praying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And he continues going on in a similar manner, and I think you recognize what he's saying, because this is a verse from the holy bible that you often hear read at funerals oh yeah who died (laughs) well you know there's a dead guy you just don't know when he died or who he is what do you want to do (laughs) what do you want to do natalia i want to open the door well no No. i want to give him privacy because you know he's praying oh you're nosy about everything except for prayer Okay. That would make sense with Oakland's character. He yeah. Oakland's That's not true. the type of guy who would barge in on someone praying. So do you just like stand off to the side or do you sit on a pew or Um, I'm going to look around the church. 
Okay, like just casually looking or like investigate looking? Investigate looking because I have nothing better to do. Okay, do an investigate roll. I'm kind of just nosy looking because I'm bored. Alright, so I'm going to use forever searching. What time of day would it be? It's night. Then I'm going to be using illuminating the dark. So that'll be a plus two. Alright, it's a gothic cathedral. I imagine it's dark inside. And I forgot to mention this. Your smoky eye status from the race is gone because you were able to sleep it off. Can I activate both lack of faith and black and white morals weakness tags? Why do you think uh, those two would apply to this situation? Because instead of looking on the other side of the door like I really want to, I'm being nosy around the, 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 the church. For lack of faith? Black and white morals. Yeah, I guess I can just use lack of faith, so that'll be plus one. Okay, and you can mark attention. Level up! New power tag unlocked. The Hellbound. Five, six, seven, eight, nine! Yay, I broke my losing streak. Is there anything around here that links to me? To you? Okay. Okay, here's something that might be that would probably be interesting, knowing your mythos. Um, you walk towards the podium, I think, just wandering around, and there is there's already a Bible that's kind of been uh, set up there, and it is open to a page that I don't think is usually preached about. Now, I don't, I wouldn't know how exactly which part of the Bible this would even be in, but it's a section of the Bible, I think New Testament. It's one of those times when like the apostles are walking around and they find someone who's like possessed by a demon and they use the power of God to exorcise the demon. I think it's open up to that section, which is a little strange considering that um, it's not, people don't usually preach about exorcisms in a church in the 20s. And I think it's at this time that Bishop Page steps out of the room where the gray mist was coming out of. The remains of the gray mist fade through the uh, light cast in your magical orb until there is no longer any gray mist at all. The bishop seems a bit more tired than he was when he when you last saw him, but he seems satisfied. Uh, Frank was sitting on the pew waiting for him to be finished, and he hops off saying, um, I think that Oakland and I are going to head out. Uh, thank you, Bishop Page. Bishop Page smiles through his weariness and says you're always welcome at the Riverside Cathedral, Mr. Delaney. And he looks up at you, Oakland, and he says you can tell Jefferson I said hi when you see them again. I give a nod and reach out my hand. He approaches you and he shakes your hand. I assume that's what you're doing. And when you touch him you get this cold shiver down your spine 
and in the back of your head, there's a buzzing noise that sounds like a hundred voices whispering. It only lasts for a moment as you shake his hand, but it was noticeable. He doesn't react. He simply smiles at you and shakes your hand, and he closes the Bible that was on the podium. Hi there! Welcome to Downtime. I've got a treat for you today. I'll let Jonathan explain. Hi there, I'm Jonathan Swenson, Game Master of Halfwits and Failed Crits. We're an actual play tabletop role-playing podcast where I vow to get my players to the end of a campaign, but unfortunately, their cursed dice generally have other plans. Our first season is called Worlds Divided, where we play Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Worlds Divided is a story of an unlikely group that forms a guild and makes it their mission to upstage the top-ranked guilds in the nation. This is your standard sword and sorcery fantasy, filled with monsters, quests, and mysterious rifts? Eh, you'll see. Our second season, and current season, is called Children of the Spine, where we play Stars Without Number Revised Edition. Children of the Spine is a sci-fi space opera where the players are young adults trying to learn who they are, where they are, and what they are going to do with themselves after being rescued from a very Lord of the Flies type situation on an isolated planet. And lastly, mixed within our show, you'll have some one-shot bonus episodes, such as Backstabbing Beasties, where we play as immortal monsters racing to obtain a chalice that will make us mortal so that we can finally rest in peace. If you're completely new to us, we actually recommend that you start with Backstabbing Beasties. Just because it's self-contained, rules light, it's easy to follow, and it's the first episode that we recorded with great audio equipment and added tons of sound design that will become the norm in Season 2. If this sounds like a show that you would enjoy, you can find us at www.halfwitsfailedcrits.com or Twitter and Facebook at Failed Crits, or anywhere podcasts are found. I hope you guys take the time to listen to Halfwits and Failed Crits. It sounds like a great show. And now, on with our show. And as the Bible shuts, we cut back to Sam. You were following Mystery Man, correct? Yep. As you approach the abandoned buildings, you can see this place in more detail. The it You can see the river lapping at a sandy beach at the end of a slightly curving road that makes up this little neighborhood. There's cold air that blows between the buildings. There's an old man that's walking three dogs along the edge of the beach, and you can see a few people now that you're closer inside the buildings walking around. And uh, one guy who... Uh, crosses from one building to another. Each of these buildings are gray slabs below a gray night sky. You can feel eyes watching you from the crooked windows, waiting for your first move. 
Well, I mean, it's getting kind of dark, so we should probably go back to the speakeasy. So you just like, back away! Just like, bye-bye! <laughs> um, I don't want to... Yeah, it's nighttime. Um, I think she, she's going to do something. Especially because I just made her get all this stuff out, and then I'm just backing <laughs> Sure. It's like, nope! I'm just trying to think of... I got a couple options, but I'm trying to look at some details and think of how they would want to play this. So you take a step backwards and feel a little flutter of wind behind you. And a soft voice says, Hey! Hey! Do you look? You just go against everything I was trying to get your character to do. <laughs> I just keep walking backwards, pretend I don't hear a thing. I was joking. <laughs> so was I. Um, yeah, no, I look, I turn around. Okay. I, um, you have to squint to see it. It's like a faint disruption in the air. Like something is there and not there at the same time. In glimpses of reality, you can see a flutter of wings, a tiny hand, something that looks human. And you hear, this way! This way! And there's like a very light uh, blue glow in the air as whatever this is begins to fly away from the neighborhood and uh, head towards a few of the houses slash businesses that mark the edge of the industrial zone. Behind you, um, you can hear a few people coming out of the tenement buildings. I follow. Okay, do you just like like walk or do you run or I no, Sam legit <sighs> uh, fine. <laughs> okay. And then walks forward. That's how we're gonna be today. Um, the camera, uh, stays focused on where you originally were, as we see a mixture of, uh, dull-eyed people watching you leave. Oh, no. I should have just gone home. <laughs> you begin to follow this, uh, glowing shape. You get past the field where they where Barry died or got shot or whatever happened to him you still aren't entirely sure something about meddling with the flow of time whatever that sensation was um you follow it uh, around a corner and um i think maybe an extra block or so until you turn on a small little residential block. The neighborhood is quiet, save for one house that still has its lights on. I want to go to that house. Yeah, that's where the blue sparkle is going as well. There is a man on the porch in a rocking chair that watches you as you arrive. And the blue sparkle goes all the way up to the porch. Do you go up to the porch as well? 
Hi, Padre Dios. Yes. I walk up to the porch and sort of just like knock on the side of the porch, I guess. Just like, you know, uh, hi? The blue sparkle drifts away from you and flies around the head of this dude. He, um, he looks to be about 40, 50 or so. Uh, he has salt and pepper hair with a small beard and mustache. And he is also wearing a business suit. Although he has loosened the tie a little bit. And as this blue sparkle flies around him, you can see him nod along and you can hear very faint whispering. He meets your eyes and he says, step inside. Excuse me? First, I get led here by a little will-o'-the-wisp, which is really weird, by the way. Uh, and th- the blue glow... Sorry, I thought that this would be a cool interruption. The blue glow... Uh, suddenly intensifies and begins to grow. And what once was a faint floating figure is now a fully-fledged woman. She, um... This is a white woman with blonde hair who is wearing a, uh... I think she's wearing a mauve dress with heels and a bit of a professional woman's pearl necklace. Her hair is tied is um, up in a bun, but she does have a gun, which she's pointing at you. Oh, why? He sets up inside. I don't think you want to do that. She uh, opens the door, grabs your arm, and shoves you into the house. I fight back. Okay, go toe to toe! Flying roundhouse kick her in the hand. Oh! And that gun goes flying. Okay, well, let's go toe to toe. Yes, I know. I'm grabbing my paper. I was gonna say, you do not roll right now. You're in a life or death situation. Bravery, because I am not, because that I'm being really stupid right now. So, bravery. Yeah, okay. Um, You should just change that tag to stupidity. Predict a foe's next move? Yes. Uh-huh. Theoretically. Fear of hellfire? So that's like a kind of a pyrophobia thing. There's no there's no fire here. I, I think well, it was actually, like Well, how do you interpret it? I'm sorry. I so kind of interpret it as like getting scared of doing bad things because he they know that they could possibly, you know. Okay, so you like you're, you're, it's like a fear of being fear sent sin. to hell. Yeah. That? Okay. How do you think? How did with this tie into that fear of sin? Yeah. How do? How is this fearing well, of sin? Of course, I'm going with the Christian sin. So yeah, I know, you know. But how is anyway? Um, hurting another person. And you think it might be bad to hurt this person? You've hurt other people. That is that is true. So yeah, I'm gonna say no. Okay, so plus two. Eight. Ten. 
go toe-to-do. When you use your abilities to overcome someone or something in a struggle for control, state what their, your goal is. Your opponent can describe how they respond at their option. Roll plus power on a seven, seven to nine plus power. Oh, power attacks. Okay. On seven to nine plus choose one. On a 10 plus choose two. So that would be 10. You managed to achieve your goal. Obviously, I want to do that. And um, I want to get him good. Okay, so um, what level of status would that be? I have no idea. Let me see it. Be level two, because you used two power attacks. Oh, yeah, and that one doesn't automatically give a status. Okay, so what tier two status do you want to give this guy? Shocked two. Actually, I feel like there's a better way to word that. Maybe surprised. Okay, so you, you like, kick her in the head? No, in her hand. Oh, you knock. Okay. Yeah, I knocked the gun out of her hand. Right. Yeah. So that's a cool moment. You spin around. You spin around the porch and kick the gun that she was pointing at you out of her hand. It clatters against the uh, path leading up to the house, and uh, she does. She she does seem surprised at how nimble you were but um then she uh she she did manage to open the door because you didn't stop her from doing that right no your other option was to uh get the gun out and to give her the status so that's done uh the door creaks open and you can see no less than five police officers inside of the house. What? They are all staring at you, rather surprised that you are out there in the middle of doing stuff. Like, there are there are weapons everywhere. You would only see into, like, the foyer of the house, but there is, like, tables of weapons, and people are, like, planning things out. There is a table... That has like a map on it that a, pe- a few people are looking over. It looks like they are planning an all-out raid on something. And they're all staring at you like, uh, what? I turn to the lady that materialized out of the blue light. And I asked her, why did you bring me here? Why were you at Ocean Heights? At where? Ocean Heights, oh, the, the place we were just at. Uh, th- there was a, a guy, what was his name? There was this guy, Barry DeWitt, and apparently he died, but I saw him, and he was like a ghost, and he led me there, and then he was talking to me, and all of a sudden there was a gunshot, and he just disappeared. And so I, I, I continued to walk towards who it looked like had shot him, and then you appeared out of nowhere for some godforsaken reason. I was trying to make sure that you either didn't get shot by the fire goons that live there, or get somehow roped into their scheme, because trust me, the people that enter there unwillingly don't always come out. Oh, darling, you don't have to worry about me. And she looks over at the man in the uh rocking chair um he stands up 
Would you be willing to step inside and talk about this? We won't arrest you. Are you sure about that? No one will arrest you without my command. Well, if you knew who I was, you would probably give that command. So I'm just gonna, you know, get out of here. Samuel Jefferson, right? No, that's actually my um my twin brother. My name is actually Joseph Jefferson. We have some information you may want to hear. He pushes open the door a little more. Well, looks like you're going to have to talk to my brother. See ya. Okay, so this triggers <laughs> one of his custom moves. It's called Make Me an Offer I Can't Refuse. When you refuse an offer of his, you are taking the risk. Uh, decisive thinking. And bravery? Not entirely. Well, I suppose if you're taking a risk, this would be a little brave. Or stupid. Brave or arrogant. You could use either one of those. Not both. Not both, but... Darn it. I'll use arrogant, so it'll be zero. Alright, and you can mark a um, an attention. Ah, I just barely succeeded. You got a seven? Yes. Alright. So you're, like, stepping off the porch, right? Mm-hmm. A mystery man in the suit crosses his arms. Well, here's a bit of advice from me to you. If you leave, if you leave this neighborhood, the people in Ocean Heights are going to track you down. If they don't kidnap you, they're going to hound you till the ends of the earth to get what they want. And we may be some of the only people that can offer you easy answers. Oh dear, I'm so scared. Bye bye now. You start to walk away. We see um a cop step out of the house. Like we we stay focused on them for a minute. You want us to follow him? And uh Barnes shakes his head. No, we'll see what he does. If he doesn't come back, then we can assume we know what happened to him. We follow you confidently walking down the block and turning the corner back where you originally had been to try and like retrace your path and go back to the race. And you see a very large group of people gathered on the empty field. Let's walk the other way. You walk back towards the house. <laughs> and walk past it. And figure out my way home, because as a part of my, not mine, it might not be mine. Anyway, I know the city, because I lived here Okay, this is actually, life. I think this is going to be, I, I kind of am debating if this is a go toe-to-toe. Because as you walk the other way, um, you can see people lurking in the shadows nearby. You can feel eyes watch you as you head deeper into the dark of the industrial zone. Oh dear. Okay. Um, so what am I going toe-to-toe against? Um, I guess not getting caught by whoever's after you. Okay. Predictifo's next moves? Okay. Yeah. I should have determined that guy's motives before I just walked away from him. Oh well. Um, let's see. You can always just go back. But you're too stubborn to do that, so 
I can go back, and I'm not going to go all the way up to him, but I am going to try to see into his mind. Okay, so we're going to do an investigate instead. Okay. Determine motives, obviously. Um, what? I have forgotten what so many of these things are. Why is Son of the Devil one of my power tags? Oh, that was for, like, um, reputation. Okay, so they know who I am. Um, this wouldn't work for investigation, but, like, no, no, if people know. know who you are, they'll know that, like, you can do some creepy crap. Yeah, so it'll be easier for me to intimidate certain people and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'll just be rolling with the plus one then. Oh, wait, I need to look at my... And we're using the Hellfire thing as a... Um... Like a fear of doing the wrong thing and being uh, cursed for all eternity sort of so. thing. As you know, witchcraft, in any form of the way, is a sin. Oh, so you get, like, you feel awkward using your powers. I feel kind of, you know, bad. I like it! Okay, yeah. So you can go ahead ahead and mark again. Okay, so I'm rolling with a zero. Alright! Let's see what happens. And if this fails, I'm just walking away anyway, so... It failed. Okay! Yeah, the only the only thing you sense is a hatred that you don't know who it's directed at. I'm walking right away from there. Goodbye, bye-bye now again. Okay, now we get to go to the doll because those people are still watching you. And some of them have emerged from the shadows. Um, can I run? Yes, that's what Goto is Okay, so I'm just going to run through them, not like into them but like okay. you know Actually, around them if that's them. what you're gonna do then i think it's gonna be take the risk okay um giant clunky boots it will definitely hinder your ability to hide so if you did like because they'll be able to trace the sound so yeah you can do it well it'll also slow me down yeah yeah um so now i'm rolling with the minus one okay and if they, this fails, I'm going to have to fight them. <laughs> <laughs> or just run back to the house and run inside. We'll see what happens. Hey! I pass. What'd it was get? an eight. eight. But then it's minus one, so it's seven. Barely passed! Describe it quick. Describe what you do. Okay, so as a... what? How do we call these things? Person? I mean, they're they're just people. You aren't entirely sure what okay. they are. There's a lot of people that are following you. So, as one of the per- people walks out in front of me, blocking my way, I dart around them and run into a, an an empty back alley. And I think I'm going to hide behind a dumpster. Okay. I will say, um, as you run into this alleyway and dive behind the dumpster, you realize that the other side of the alleyway is blocked off by a wall. You're trapped. Sam best be good at parkour. Thank you for listening. Samuel Jefferson was played by Cameron Trevino. Oakland Jackson was played by Natalia F. 
The master of ceremonies was Emmy Holty. If you like the show, consider supporting us on Patreon at The Hole in the Wall. Our theme song was Horrible by Mella on the Free Music Archive. Come again soon.